Well, I, I want to read a little haiku. We can talk about the whole, you know, my, my infatuation with the, uh, the chat AI thing maybe in a little bit. But I had a topic I want to talk about, and I'm going to open it up with a haiku that I ask it to write. Uh, it goes like this. Ranch dressing divine, before the Big Bang, it was eternal condiment. And I think <laughs> th- this, this is uh, a way of opening up. I've been thinking about condiments a lot recently. <clears throat> and, you know, one of the first things an American discovers when they, they go abroad, especially to Europe, is that there is a whole other world of condiments you previously Absolutely. didn't have access to. And I think the one that perhaps is the classic one is like the curry ketchup or something, right? But there's Ooh. just so many other things. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's innumerable. And the, the thing that may blow Americans' minds is there's like at least three different types of mayonnaise, right? Multiple oh, absolutely. Types of... Yeah. Now, my question to you, uh, Matt Ray, was what are some Australian condiments that we may not be aware of? Well, uh, there are some folks who have been good boys and girls back in the States who are going to be getting some chicken salt for Christmas. Oh, um, we talked about this okay. before. <laughs> Uh, I think, you know, if you shop around and, and like the, the deepest, darkest parts of Fiesta, you can probably find it, but, uh, um, it's, it's a, uh, mixture of spices and salt that they put on French fries. There's no actual chicken in it. Well, mm-hmm. usually not, uh, some MSG and it's a, it's like a savory salt that they put on fries, especially and fried chicken, a lot of different people, a lot of different brands and stuff. And so, uh. We might be uh, importing some of that into the states uh, for you know stockings and whatnot. Um, now, how how about things that you squeeze out of a bottle? That's that's what I'm interested. Out of you bottles, know, you know, you got your ketchup, you got your mayonnaise, you got your mustard. That's well, maybe maybe if if you're highly innovative, you've got like uh, a bottle of relish that's got a wide enough hole that you can squeeze that out. But that's kind of like that's it for American condiments. We're done. So, so, yeah. So this definitely relates back to the. Um, Australia being about five years behind the U.S. in technology things. Squeeze bottle technology, a lot of the like, yeah, well, obviously, you know, ketchup and mustard were already there, but it showed up for other things maybe two, three years ago. Really? <laughs> really? I, I mean, like, you know, you're like, oh, of course you have that. And like, no. And then all of a sudden, like, now there's, you know, squeezable mayo. Um, uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've seen the squeezable relish here, but... Um, now, now, hold on, hold on. Before the squeezable mayo, you're telling me that you had to like do the whole knife in a jar situation. You know it. You know. Wow, it. that's old school, right there. Very old school. <laughs> Has uh, this 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 might be? Uh, we might need to take this to the software defined ventures. Uh, has anyone thought of squeezable peanut butter? Oh. I feel I feel yes. like that that could no. work. No, I don't feel like that would work. I think that would peanut butter. Where do you I come down? Because doesn't peanut butter have to be refrigerated? Although this could be an issue. This could be a no, family by family no. decision. No, refriger- you don't have to refrigerate it. But you know, I don't want to hate on, refri- on on people who like cold, no. impossible to spread peanut butter. That's their choice. <laughs> they have they have squeezable pizza sauce. So you know, if okay. you're making, oh, I'm all in on pizza that. bagels. Yeah, that's great. Uh, now this um, this I feel like represents the Australian life cycle. Now hold on, I want to represent. They don't have that. For, for the U.S. Cote, I, I, so. I want to throw something out. I want to see. I'm going to see both, both of your opinion here. Sriracha. Does, has that yes. crossed oh, yeah. over? Oh, yeah. 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 Sure. It's crossed over to just general. Multiple brands. Con- Multiple brands. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. it feels like generalized condiment at this point. Although, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, and and um, here, I mean, maybe I wasn't shopping the right section of uh, the grocery store. They have a uh, squeezable aioli, uh, which is yeah, sure. you know, fancy mayo. Yeah. Um, there's uh, We have... 
uh, hoisin sauce, it's in a squeezable thing. Um, huh. You know, if you're doing the uh, Vietnamese foods. Um, I was thinking more think, like a, we have a Rick and Morty chicken nugget situation. <laughs> we we have squeezable um, chili mayo. Okay, see, see, this is, this is good. How about do you have some sort of like you know what they don't have over here? Notably, is the uh, the eternal condiment ranch dressing. The like oh, they they, I don't think it really like exists here. There's some things that look like ranch dressing, and then you try it and you're like, that is not ranch dressing. They don't they don't just have like Newman's own. Oh, I, they don't. No, there's no there's no Newman's. Oh, <laughs> see the, the, that that's crossed over here. So you know we have plenty of that. Um, so you know we we get. Uh, we don't have many many choices, but you know they carry a lot of those products. So maybe may, maybe a... maybe Paul Newman offended the Low Countries at some point and just like <laughs> products not out there. Yeah, he he was known for being offensive. Yeah, well, I, you know, okay, so I think Australia might have like more squeezable condiments than than your traditional American stuff. I mean, and you know, I wanted no. to amend, I wanted to amend the uh, the the sriracha stuff, like. I don't I don't think they sell name brand sriracha in the common grocery stores around here. You have to go to like the Asian market to get it. Well, the, the, everybody they, has like the, the the original, right? Well, well no, like like the one with the rooster on it. I don't yeah. know if like no, I think there's like rip-off ones that'll be like a red oh, bottle with well, the green top. He, he didn't he didn't copyright it or whatever. So mm. he's oh, really? just like my sauce it, is the best. Everyone will oh. take it. There was ah one of those, you know, Atlantic articles or something where you read about it and you're like I just spent 15 minutes reading about Sriracha, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, the guy built an empire all by himself and he was like, everyone should I know, enjoy I think it's myself. one of these like sneaky, huge businesses. Like when you like, read about it, you're like, oh my gosh, I, did, I had no idea. It's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's the wealthiest dollars. person in Southeast Asia. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> well here, I mean, it's definitely crossed over. I mean, in the U S it's like, it's just yeah. regular. It's right there on the HEB, right? I mean, there's like a whole aisle of it. Right. Yeah, like yeah. You know, I, I, I think you're right. Like, remember, it's been too long since I've been to HEB. They got a whole row of squeezable condiments. Oh yeah. So I think, I think, you know, I think what we need to do is we need to call up our uh, our friend Paul Ford and be like, you need to write the definitive, like twenty thousand word essay on sriracha sauce. Like, it, it, like it, you you can talk for about five thousand words about computers, but mostly about the sauce and. Uh, this would be the kind of thing, like you know, we if if we I were have to like, go find that article. Yeah, if we were if we were like some big Vanity Fair Rolling Stone editor, we'd be like, I'm it probably gonna, was Vanity Fair. I don't <laughs> know. I feel like I'm going to give you some travel budget to go over there. It and, should uh, get um, the full like This American Life treatment or something, like right? you know, oh, just yeah. like the whole story of it. Be like, and they they'd start like somewhere. To, I don't even know which country, but they they'd have that music play, you know, and they come on. It's like here I am in Southeast Asia. The land of such and such, and I'm about to meet the richest person in the world, and then it just go off right from there, and it'd be an, an, hour, an entire hour. Ira Glass would show up in and out, right? It'd be perfect. It'd yeah, be great. That talk, episode we, would do great. We could talk about Gopher and you know things like that, and really, really <laughs> rock it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, speaking of, of of Gophers and the Gopher Protocol, now uh, I, I I listened to the the recap of of Amazon reInvent, and uh, I think. The 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 Warner Vogels, I'll say it American style, uh, keynote came out, and that's like the CTO one, the future looking one, and it looks I didn't see it, so I'm looking forward to the recap, but it looks like it was about the dream of like an event based reality, that yeah. the the architecture that we're gonna have everything is gonna be event driven, which which I don't know, but what what was what was going on in that keynote? Yeah, well I thought it was good. It was um, 
Yeah, sort of. We did not watch it when we by the time we recorded last week. So I, I thought it was, you know, it sort of hit the the tone of a good CTO keynote key in the sense it was, you know, kind of like a little bit of um, new stuff, but a lot a lot of inspiration. And I thought it was good. Like I thought the, you know, I think he did a good job. He had like a little matrix kind of intro with a video. I thought it was like it was well played, right? Now that's something that's been done a lot, but I thought that was really good. Um, but the center piece of it was really, I mean, I guess ultimately behind the announcement was uh, behind the keynote, you know, Amazon announces, I guess, event bridge pipes. But for the most part, he gave kind of the speech I think a lot of us have seen before. It's like the world is asynchronous, right? And the real world is asynchronous. And there's lots of examples of that, right? About like, and he kind of did a little bit, it was kind of long, but he kind of showed like, uh, here's what it would be like if you know, if you made French fries synchronously, like you made one fry at a time and you assembled a meal. And it was kind of funny mm-hmm. to watch that whole thing. So I think we've all heard that a lot. And, you know, I think his whole, and this is, and this is one of those things where it's like, I don't know, is it, is it just that I'm older and I've seen a lot of these? It's like, uh, like every podcast is someone's first podcast. It was like every horror movie is someone's first horror movie. So I, you know, I feel like we have seen this quite a bit, right? So that part was sort of redundant, but I think he was making that the whole case of like, Hey, everything should be built around events. Um, and then he kind of went through Amazon's history about starting with the monolith and then doing uh, service oriented architectures. We all remember that SOA from yeah. the day and then moving into microservices and then kind of moving into event-based stuff, all kind of talking about the same ideas. Like, Hey, everything should be around events. And I think it's a pitch we've all heard before. So my question comes back to, you know, the idea is great. So as an aspirational statement, right? Like I wish you just worked at a company where it's like, yeah, like think of it as like all the software publishes its events into some well-known format and everyone can kind of publish and subscribe. And if you're a developer, an application developer, you just show up and you just start subscribing to topics you're interested in and you can start adding value day one, some new business function, right? So a pitch that's been out there, I don't know, 20, 30, 50 years. Like I was maybe even going back to MQ series and like before that kind of stuff. But the reality is that like it never actually comes to fruition. At least I don't know. It doesn't ever feel like it ever actually happens. So, you know, I mean, maybe Matt get your take because you spend a lot of time in serverless as well. It's like, is it a vision that is ultimately just inspirational? They'll never realize it or is, technology just not evolved to a point that actually makes it possible. I, I think it's a, an aspirational architectural pattern that um, is worth striving for. I mean, if, if you can put everything, if, if the idea is you have a, a centralized you know, bus, if you will, where, you know, you put things on the bus and whoever wants it pulls it off. And, you know, that allows you to identify the bottlenecks in your process or switch pieces out, you know, um, where you know every everybody knows that this is this is the lingua you know this is the common path that everything is going along, and um, you know it's 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 an architectural pattern. But um, whether or not uh, everyone adheres to it, you know, usually usually everything's just kind of a bunch of grown up scripts, <laughs> you know, like this, this and the output goes into here, and you know, publish a container and we release on Tuesdays, but. I think with event driven, it's more like, you know, well, stuff is coming in here and we're going to push it to a central queue uh, or, you know, bus and subscribe to, you know, and pull things off as they come. And, oh, now we're going to add, you know, now this person's interested and they're going to listen for them too, or, you know, whatever. But um, it's, it's, it's really just a pattern that most shops don't identify. I don't think there's a lot of architecture to a lot of 
organizations. <laughs> oh, yeah. and I well, think maybe that's you, where it you comes went up the to. abstraction stack there really quickly. <laughs> that's yeah. So, so did other other than the French fries, were there like examples of uh, event based architectures and applications? Well, I think there was just kind of a lot of like the straw men kind of examples of like, you know, here's why the world is based on events. And that's the part like, you know, maybe, I don't know, we needed convincing. I guess the, you know, the idea going forward, right? And I think you talked about the Amazon story that, you know, we've all, we've recovered a bunch on this show. It's like, you know, at the end, right? The idea of two pizza teams and things being its own services and like that being one of the reasons Amazon's successful. So we talked about that. Um, but I kind of back to what you're saying before, man, I guess in the end, I feel like maybe this pattern can only ever really be realized in like a pretty confined application you know what i'm saying the idea that like you would walk into a one corporation because i think this is the idea we'd all like to it's like you walk into a company and everything is already event-based and you can just like like i said before you can kind of just immediately see the events and start acting on it but really reality is like you're working in some application and maybe within that application or even the subsystems that smaller team agrees like, yeah, we will use events and some things have probably happened along the way. Like they built an application and they had some success with it. It got to the point they needed to re-architect it. So they kind of had some runway to build in the event-based system, but it's only going to really exist within like maybe the order entry system or in mm. like one, so, like one smaller set of domain inside of much larger applications. The idea that like, I don't even know if it's even like, I shouldn't even say it's aspirational. It's like the idea that you, to your point, what you said before, like, organizations just don't think like this the idea that like you could just go into like the world's largest bank and be like yeah everything's just event-based seems like i don't know it feels like that's kind of impossible like we'll, well never get there i mean as you start to decouple systems it's it's kind of the natural well i'm not it's nothing's natural about any of this but it, it's it's a logical place to start adding you know this this buffering layer where you can be like hey instead of having system a talk to system b you know, we put this man in the middle, if you will, where, you know, A publishes and B receives and, oh, later on, you know, C is interested too, or, you know, B was slow, so we replaced it. And, you know, but we, everything was, you know, we knew, we knew that API, we knew what that contract looked like, you know, we knew what we were pulling, so we didn't have to, you know, these systems weren't tightly coupled. And that's, you know, everything, Amazon being API driven, and, you know, it allows you to, look for the business value in your code and, and get rid of, you know, a lot of that heavy lifting glue code that, you know, Oh, you know, now we got to parse the wisdom, blah, blah, blah. It's like, look, if we all just push to a common place, pull off of it, agree on some formats, that's, that's always been a software dream. Right. Mm. I, th- I, think, like, I think I guess that's the whole thing. It's like, is it reliable? Cause think about like the idea of like, okay, we have an important application, like a business application. We're doing that, but like take any corporation and be like, well, what about like HR? Like maybe the HR system should just start publishing events like new person got hired today and everyone can just listen for that. And then like the benefits people was, okay, send them email, right? And the idea is like, it just seems like it would oh, yeah. never, it never like transcends to like the entire business. It's just like one system can do it, right? But like, well, yeah, you can't yeah. get beyond, I mean, like you can't get outside of it. So it's like, it, and maybe what, I, what you're saying is just kind of the, is where it ends up. It's like, yes, a localized you know, fairly complicated application should can use event-based architectures and it probably will work. Getting beyond that, the idea that it would integrate into a larger system, probably never going to happen. But but maybe that larger system is just like Slack. You know, so what right. you want is is your systems emitting events of interest. And you know, as, as you know, the HR example, like you know, hey, we've got a new person. Uh, we're going to spit out you know 
a welcome email or, you know, a, a, a notification and that kicks off a workflow that sends a welcome email and announces the person to the company, you know, whatever. But as you're writing that initial HR onboarding thing, you're like, I don't know, here's an event, maybe somebody will consume it. And then later on, people are like, you know, oh, hip chat's the bomb. And we all rolled into it. And then later on, they're like, oh, actually, we're going to use Slack. And, you know, that event didn't have to change. They just consume it in a different location. And so that's kind of the goal is, you know, your applications, and this goes into like open telemetry and, you know, all the logging standards and monitoring standards. Like everybody's like, look, don't make me think how A talks to B. Let me just write to a standard, an event, a web event. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, people will consume it if they care. And right. no, maybe I agree. they don't and care today. And I guess yeah. maybe that's in the end, that's kind of the missing link in all these keynotes. It's like, yes, what you said is right. Like, Yes, if we ever all admitted these events, it would be great. People could do other things with it. It's like, well, how are we ever going to get everyone to start admitting these events in a well-known place? Like, who's bootstrapping the investment? Well, I, I, Amazon's happen? bootstrapping it, right? It, right. All AWS services are, are you know, chatty and are going to be emitting all sorts of events. And, you know, when you decide, hey, I sure would like to know what's happening. You know, can I have an event every time somebody hits an S3 bucket? Yeah, and maybe, that's, like, and maybe that's the pitch. Like, I guess if you use yeah. Amazon and things like that, I guess it's just sort of like, like to me, I guess what I'm more interested in at this point is like, just take a large enterprise of any type. It's like, can they go from where they are today to an event-based system? Should they even try? Like, will it ever actually get there? Or is it just like, yeah, okay, it's another thing, but got a bunch of VMs, <laughs> got a well, bunch of VMs I got to run and a bunch of other stuff I got to run. And like, yeah, just tell the person in HR to like, send an email and then eventually the new employee will just email in like, Oh, I'm new today. And then people are like, Oh, that's the event, right? The event is an email. Someone's like, Hey, I'm, I'm new. What should I do? And you know, it, it, it I don't know. I like, guess there's just some kind of missing glue there to like make it happen to me. Uh, yeah. And didn't uh, like, I only read a, a, a summary, but did, didn't he actually mention glue several times that like all the, uh, it's all this glue code that's annoying and integrating stuff together. And it seems like, I mean, as you're saying, Matt Ray, it seems like that's the main problem is like, well, if, if we all used the same like middleware and platforms instead of having to integrate together all this other stuff that's incompatible, then it'd be awesome. Like that, that would be, uh, <laughs> well, things... somebody's got to do it. Right. Uh, yeah. and which, which is not to dismiss the idea. I think, I think to the point of what we're saying, that's, that's exactly like every time, uh, the event architecture thing comes up, it's usually driven by like, there's some new, like there's some new way to solve that problem of like not everyone uses the same thing, right? I mean, if I remember right. the description of object-oriented programming, it was that you had objects that sent events to each other or something like that. So like we've always been going sure. after this. But <laughs> but what a, whatever, again, it's it's a good idea. But it, it does make me think like, you know, I, I don't have a computer science degree, but there must be like, Maybe someone's done this without like funny Greek characters so I could actually read it. But there must be only like five types of program architectures, right? Like like there can't be that many, right? And and, and it would seem like that's the thing that like is often missing when whether it's like serverless discussion or event based thing is like like I think I think it when I when I watch myself react to them, I always am careful to like not react as like I don't think anyone's proposing that this is the one way to do software. It's just like an, like some tool to do it. But I don't know. Maybe that is what's being proposed. Maybe there's only like two, if not one, way, like architecture that you should be doing. And everything else, maybe it's like the uh, DevOps generation one uh, sort of dichotomy where like 
everything is either pure and fantastic and written in a uh, whatever that word was, you know, not not procedural, or it's some crappy script code, right? And maybe well, we're always just trying to escape from a crappy script code because your HLR example is like, I, I guess as long as you had some long running processes monitoring for something, then like you could just fire a bunch of events off. I mean, you're going to have to have some timer that's like fire off a reminder event that they only have 24 hours to make their their uh, healthcare selections. Like there's going to need to be some little things there, but I mean there there must be something like a uh, you know, an event running in a circle until the clock reads a, for a certain like time uh, that you would use. And then I guess like you look at like a Twitter architecture, that that's could totally be it probably is a lot of event stuff. On the other hand, streaming this video that we're doing is probably not an event architecture like well, like the I mean, idea of, totally of is. Right. but but right. like it's so, at some point when you have to like encode the video and figure out like all of that stuff and then sync up the audio and send that out like like is that event based i mean probably. i'm i like I mean, yeah, no, I think probably it is. like I mean, when, when when this recording stops it kicks off an event to their um processing well, we, for the audio yeah i mean like, oh no no, no. but 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 i, but I mean i mean the... i mean the actual like video like right now when we're streaming this video like there's probably like i don't know if like would that be an event architecture or is it just like there's a process running that's like sucking in this video encoding it to one stream and then <sighs> throughout another end sticking it on youtube or whatever it, or is it, it, it actually yeah does it, it like encode the video stream, and then, right? and then file it on a queue somewhere that someone's listening to and then they take those chunks and they they send it off yes. somewhere <laughs> so so if that's the proposal that would be fascinating that like all architectures are event based architectures well, well i think well, that's, it, 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 that's it, what people versus, say, right? you're that's talking queue versus streaming yeah, yeah right well that's the uh, whole thing I'll, that people and i guess that's what Werner was trying to say is like okay you can make everything event based right but like putting aside the streaming example it's just sort of like we typically what it really happens, like you start building an application, people like order application, right? And at the start, like they, they could say like, you know what, I'll just make everything event-based from the very first second. And that's how we'll do the integration. But I think that generally never happens. It starts like, okay, right. the event system starts, the order system right, starts right, right. like, I'll do the, I'll, I'll get the uh, order information. And then it calls, it's like, okay, now it needs to go to the like, quote unquote fulfillment. And it calls it directly, right? And that's where you start to get the coupling and then over time, people are like, oh, well, maybe that should be event-based, right? But like, it's not first principle. I guess it is a first principle question, but it is not a natural thing people do when they build applications, right? Only after the fact and things get big enough, do they think to themselves like, oh, all of this could be event-based. But by then, you're looking at a lot of glue code and you're looking at a fairly large organization and you're looking at a lot of ingrained systems. So you have to go back and start retrofitting like the a la the uh, Amazon example. So that's just why I'm always like, there's something stuck here, right? There's this idea that like people don't do it as a natural response to a problem. And then no. there's, in this case, the latest example is like, okay, AWS wants you to use event, br- event bridge pipes, right? Which is just it's probably great. Probably a good solution. It's just like a lot of the other ones. It's like, but there's something in the middle there that's sort of like people don't see the value to like, let me do this up front, right? They just, yeah. they wait and they end up with the same problem over and over. I, I guess no. I guess I guess the interesting thought exercise would be like so whenever you submit a you can always use WordPress. Whenever you submit a post to WordPress, that's like a, a more that's probably a totally driven event based thing. 
But at which point when submitting it, are there not events being used? Like there's an actual PHP code that's just like passing around little bits and generating stuff. And then that, like that would be the fun distinction is like now there are no events. You're just like inside of whatever the kids call it nowadays, a method. And you have variables and you're passing these variables on in, like in a, in a serial string to each other. And like knowing, you know, because in theory, every line of code could like, create an event and stick it on a queue somewhere <laughs> and then some other line of code could be like could set up whatever filters to know that like you know when when jerry creates this event now chris comes and takes that event and like you know every line well, of code could be doing that but at some point you've got to be like no that's absurd like is that <laughs> okay. is that 50 lines or is it five code points like when when do you when do you not yeah. pass events back and forth uh, i mean i mean yeah um, you're going to start talking about your Xeon processor. You know, it's got a bunch of threads. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think you're, you're looking at the end. Like, I think you're sort of like yeah. maybe one logical extreme. Like, hey, forget before we even get there. Let's just make it more simple. It's just like, hey, if you're writing any piece of code and you're just like, I think there are some events in here that I don't necessarily know what people are going to want them for, but I think they're interesting. Mm. I'm just going to, you know, while I'm doing the work that I know I need to do, I will also publish them to a well-known totally. format. Like, just start there. Like, I don't think most people are even doing that, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I, I, think, I think it's back to what, what you were raising, Matt, is it's just like, well, we're all doing event programming. There's just like 3,000 ways to do it. And so uh, that, that creates a problem for the, uh, the event dream. Like, like, what you would really like is when there's a new hire, uh, when, when the, right when the new hire comes to the desk, there's a badge printed out for them. And it gives them access to everything instead of, you know, having to file a ticket or something like and that would be uh, that'd be great. Maybe you got to get your uh, your physical security systems to uh, integrate with Workday or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think this is really just like Werner's opportunity each year to like remind people that, you know, oh, you're not really try harder, <laughs> try harder. Uh, and, you know, there's there's a lot of books about architecture and, and design patterns. Um, you know, the, the gang of four book is probably the, uh, the, the grandfather and like just pull out a chapter. And like this year, we're going to talk about event driven, uh, you know, event driven stuff. And that's how Amazon does it. You should do it. Use our product. Like and subscribe. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, and, and I think that's maybe the question back to, for his next, you know, next year is like, I don't know. This is where I just literally don't wish any more about the audience, but it's like, like we know about this or many of us watching, we know about this. It just turns out actually getting it implemented. There are just like a million challenges. And if you have any answers on how to do that, other than Jeff Bezos writing a memo and like a, you know, basically is issuing like a command, like everything shall be event based. If you have another strategy beyond that, that you can help us um, use right other you know to like promote the idea like let us know because that is what I think is the missing um, <laughs> well that's the missing part of it right? what we need what we need is for like some other vendor to be like we are the anti-Amazon our recommendation is big ball of code you know <laughs> the monolith return of the monolith <laughs> yeah like meanwhile at IBM's you know software have you thought about running monoliths on mainframes? Well, you know, that might be. I, I was I was trying to figure out, like, you know, what low-code actually is. And maybe the low-code pitch is, like, we make a big ball, but you don't ever have to see it. Because I, I have exactly. to imagine there's a lot of, like, configuration and, 
maybe even code generation, but just a whole bunch of like craziness. Like remember when people like to obfuscate JavaScript and you tried to go look at the JavaScript and <laughs> oh, you'd be like, wow, what is this? like that's, that's gotta be like what the, the low code thing is generating. That'd be fun. Well, but, but, if, but if, in uh, a way it is right. The idea is you abstract yeah. away all the messiness and all you're left with is the business value. And so oh, the business, you know, this event driven stuff is just on the continuum of low code, no code, lambda right let's mm. let's get to the point where you don't think about the underlying systems all you do is glue a bunch of stuff together that's that's it at the end of the day i'm i'm uh, i haven't worked this out yet as i'm about to show but i'm going to be thinking a lot i want to create a new category called like mid code because I, I i feel <laughs> i feel like there, there's something missing there like that uh that that you could easily go after and i think it also would highlight how tedious high code is i think high code is like having to worry about all the glue and integration Right, like all that stuff. Whereas mid code is like maybe this idea of serverless, that's where the, like the sweet spot. Yeah, you want to, you want to, as as always, you want to be right in the middle, not, not too hot and not too cold. Uh, just do that. Now, speaking of people who have been working really hard, I don't know how much longer we have because I can go on about it. But just like the rest of the world, I've discovered this whole uh, this whole AI chat thing, and I think uh, I I don't think we need to worry about uh, next year's keynote at AWS because. Basically, it's all over. I think. I think uh, you know. You can see how just with a little bit of uh, rigging up of stuff, we can go right into that Wally uh, part of human existence. I Finally, think, I think things will be fine. We get, get your chair and uh, and zoom around. But it is, uh, you know, I don't know how to summarize it. There's there's this uh, AI thing you can go use freely, and uh, at first you just you're like, oh, I want to ask it questions, and it'll answer it. But then. I've done a lot of experimentation, maybe too much. But you can go in there. Uh, I did one earlier this evening. We were watching uh, some movie uh, or TV show, some premiere TV, and Kim looked over and I was chatting with it. And she was like, are you working or just goofing around? And I was goofing yes. around, so I, I asked it. This is, this is, this is like what, yeah, what you can do is you can ask it. I said, I, said uh, I read that Susan Sontag essay on camp, and I didn't really understand it. Can you explain it to me? And then it did, it explained it to me in like two paragraphs, which is, you know, searching something, but it, it was pretty amazing. And then I asked it to uh, compare it to Joan Didion's writing style and like her topics and themes. So it kind of rewrote an essay with that. And then I asked it to kind of add in like, so how does that compare to Hunter Thompson? Uh, and, and that part was not so great. And then I said, you know, write a few paragraphs saying that like Chuck Klosterman was heavily influenced by these three authors, except he talks about Nirvana too much. And and like I I don't know I think it pulled together in this case about like forty percent of what you would need for a good yeah. essay there and and then however I also then asked it last year Cormac had to write an essay about um, what was the name of that movie Our Day Out which is this early eighties British play uh, about whatever a bunch of kids and that one it like totally nailed it like it it really like I'll have to find this example but it it just uh, it was great and then. Yeah. Earlier this evening, you know, I, I always, every, every year, well, most every year, I write, like, the blog summary of our uh, state of Kubernetes survey. And so I just asked it to write, uh, I think, maybe a 10-paragraph analysis of the VMware state of Kubernetes 2022 survey. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, did, it did very well. I, I think you could have just, <laughs> that, that one was about 90% of what you needed. And then I asked it to compare it to the recent CNCF survey. And it kind of melded that into there as well, doing some comparing and contrasting. Now, 
it's obviously not brain surgery or anything good, but my theory is that this will take care of about like, I don't know, 70 to 90% of the bullshit work that office workers have to do. Oh, you wow. could just like, you could just like tell it like my boss asked me to write a memo on, uh, you know, uh, an overview of uh, plans for a holiday party. And you could be like, yeah, will you give me five ideas for a holiday party? And it'll pump them out. Like you can, that's, that's one of the best uses is just like, give me five ideas for this. And uh, I wrote another one uh, that I needed. I had 30 minutes to write a strategy memo about why, why a hardware company should acquire Datadog, New Relic, or Splunk. And I gave it a few notes here about like the, the advantages and disadvantages. And then it wrote a pretty good strategy memo uh, for doing that. So I don't know. I think uh, I haven't played around with the make it program and write virtual machine stuff because I just make slides. But but I <laughs> but I feel like I feel like if you like have some sort of problem where you don't feel like you can write something or you don't even know a topic to write something like I ask it to generate 12 ideas for a blog about uh, monster truck modeling and it sure generated them. That uh, <laughs> this this will give you a head start. And then finally. For the monster truck thing, I also asked it to write a New Yorker style essay about how the decline in monster truck modeling uh, is is kind of a, a metaphor for the decline of uh, civilization and how it might have caused Brexit to happen. And uh, the Brexit part, it didn't do very well, but it kind of figured out the well, rest of it. it I, I mean, what I've been seeing is, you know, it it can scrape a large amount of internet content to, you know, put together something that will pass a first, will we'll get you to a good first edit. And for a lot of times in writing, that's the hard place to get to is like, I just exactly. need to get some thoughts down on paper so I can start editing. And th- there's, I mean, you know, with your Joan Didion examples and, and whatnot, there's a lot of domain expertise that someone like myself who came in, I'd be like, you know, okay, sounds, sounds legit. Right. And you'd be like, you know, wrong, you know, you know, she was a contemporary of so-and-so and they hated each other. And, you know, they, mm. you know, so the, 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 the fine details, the accuracy, you have to the go accuracy is, is, is really missing. I, yeah. I, cause I've seen other, other places people are like, you know, talking about, uh, uh, it was Hobbes versus Locke about like theory of, of, uh, you know, basis of government. And it got their arguments flipped because, they're right. written about so often together that the AI is just like, you know, well, obviously, you know, Hobbes is in favor of this and Locke's in favor of that. And, you know, like, so, but to me, not knowing either one, I'd be like, sure. Okay. <laughs> Sounds that's good. Yeah. I think <laughs> now you're making me think maybe I can ask it to explain Immanuel Kant to me and I'll finally understand <laughs> that. I could never work through that. It's very, very well, difficult. Well, what it's going to do is, you know, scrape a lot of other people's ideas and try to put it together. And like by the time you get into some of that stuff, it's a word salad anyway. And <laughs> well, I think that's right, right. Of, I, the that, interesting and, thing and, about the whole thing, yeah. though, it's like what? Okay, so beyond, so it's if you think about like adoption of technology, it's cool that it's like one, it's very tangible, anyone can touch it. So like that in itself is awesome, right? Because it's sort of like okay, now a whole bunch of people will get quickly understand what it what can be done. I think the next thing, the next turn on it is like okay, beyond all the things that sort of like all the ideas people kind of throw out that are sort of like the most obvious immediate ones. Like my kid can cheat on their homework or I can do this. It's like, I guess the, the thing that will unlock it is like who unlocks it is like, no, this thing solves this problem. Like 
like 99.99% of the time. Right. And it's always right. Right. Versus like, I don't want like, it's fine. Great. I can get a memo. That's maybe 50, you know, a good first edit. That's great. That is, that's helpful, but it's not like life changing. Right. Like what is the thing? And then maybe this goes hand in hand with like last week, there was a lot of talk about, you know, all the voice assistants are sort of dying off like, you know, Alexa and, you know, um, story and all those things are not that good. It's like, is this the, like, does it change? Does this change that? Does this become better there? Um, because otherwise it just sort of becomes like a cool technology that's novel, but like nothing really well, happens. It's, I mean, already in, in a lot of factual reporting, that stuff's easy to get away with like totally generating. I mean, weather, right? You know, mm-hmm. why is a human writing about the weather? You like, you have inputs, you have outputs, you know, there's, there's no reason, you know, that is all just computer models and throw some different words around it each day to say sunny. Um, and, and so sports reporting is that way where, you know, the, the, the play by play, you know, recap of a game, you know, a lot of that can be generated and there's examples of that, you know, it's already happening, which leaves, which leaves the experts, you know, the, the, you know, the, the people who can bring insight into it. Like that's, that's why you read like, you know, Brandon, you're in, in like more the athletic the sports. or something. Yeah. Like that, the you know, the higher, the higher, the next level content, that is where the, the, yeah. You know, so like the AP the... style, uh, just the facts, like 500 Absolutely. to a thousand words. Like, it seems like that's really good. So, like, but I think, you know, Coach a, I think in your newsletter this week, um, um was know, it generated? It's going to say uh, quote unquote automating bullshit open. You know, that was the name of, I think that was your headline. Um, like to me, that was like, wow, that was, it just like really started getting me thinking is like, okay, what would get my attention would, would be. Well, you, you, you flip emails. it on its head and mm-hmm. instead of saying like, you know, Oh, you know, I'm going to subscribe to this feed or that feed. You're like, look, I want 250 words or less on this, 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 and this. And, and your feed that you intake gets consumed that way. And then of course, the well, when I was, when I read Cote's newsletter, I was thinking it's like because there's a lot about writing, of course, right? And it's like, and that's what this thing does. But I was like, what do I want? Like, what do I really want? I want like uh, generating a ten slide presentation totally. on this subject, right? Uh, and I wanted to have you know like uh, recommendations. I wanted to have an overview, a problem statement, benefits and recommendations. And I want you to like pull all it together and like grab all like here's all the slides that we have in this company that are related to this and like like read them all, you know what I mean? Like read them all, figure it all out. And then come, like, like yeah. to me, it's like, that is like, I was like, okay, now that, if that existed, I'd be like, so, yeah. so that's I, I, I do every day. Right. So, so I, I, as, as, as you know, from what I wrote up, like my, my, uh, other than the funness of it, my first reaction was like, oh, this is a tool for like writing for doing stuff. And then I, I think there was, I've, like I said, I spent a lot of time, but there's four things also that I wrote up that I think I was testing this out with the first one it was very practical in real life, which was, uh, as someone people may recall, uh, we had to request to get my my kids out of school for Thanksgiving because we live in the Netherlands. So uh, I asked it to write it. A, I didn't. We didn't use this, but I asked it to write a letter to the principal asking to get our kids out of school, you know, for Thanksgiving, and it was great. I would have basically just sent it. Like, and and the thing that was great about it is that the way I would have written the email wouldn't have been so nice. And and kind of supplicate. <laughs> I get that too. I get right? that right. And so, and so like like and and I realized that when when it put in the, like I would never write a line like this anywhere, but I know it's what you should write, which is at some point the email was like, I realize this will take some amount of consideration for you, 
And I, uh, it just like, it would never occur to me to write that. But that's the kind of thing that like, basically when you're doing kind of like a psyops thing or rhetoric, as the ancients would call it, like you've got to like know how to like program people's politeness mind and kind of like prep them for these things to do. And it was great. And then, and then you were going to say. Well, it's like I'm already using like Grammarly or whatever, and like right, exactly. to tab complete more and more as it goes. Yeah, yeah, and and then and so then the second one kind of, and I was going over this with my my quick example of M and A stuff. Well, I went over that one. That was another example of using it as a tool. And then the next one that I used was like kind of the kind of thing you probably would dream of, Brandon. Is like I had it write an email that arguing that we shouldn't do OKRs, and like. It was it was pretty good at like pulling ideas and reasons why you couldn't do OKRs. I fed it like two or three ideas, uh, and then I found that it wrote it way too formal. So I was like, "Could you write it a little more casual? Right, write it like someone's actually sending it." And I think that's an email that you know to you know it would be. I think that one was about seventy percent good. Like you could go in and edit it a little bit more, but it would like start a discussion uh, about yeah. OKRs, and then. The next thing that I wrote, and I'll stop. I won't get to the fourth one. But you remember the whole DevOps is dead business? So I thought, like, what if – let's see what happens here. So this one I gave it a little bit more domain expertise, right? And this is where the tool aspect comes in is I didn't just ask it to write a piece that DevOps is dead. I gave it, like, three or five ideas. Basically, I did what executives did for me when I worked in corporate strategy. They would just, like, sit there and talk for a little bit. And throw out some ideas, and then I had to go actually write the thing. I was there, chat uh, AI thing. and uh, But, you know, I gave it some ideas, and it had a pretty good piece about why DevOps is dead. Uh, and then I said, write the opposite of that, uh, that DevOps is not dead. And it did a good <laughs> job at that, too. And so it's just like, I mean, it's, oh, and then the other thing that I did is I, I made two videos that were like little YouTube short videos. And I just like asked it like, you know, explain how a product manager uses a backlog and you just, you just read that. And it was, it was great. And I think a lot of that, as you were summarizing my, my thoughts on it, Brandon, is just like, oh yeah, this is a bunch of bullshit work that we kind of didn't realize we had to do. And, and it's sort of like, once you can automate that work, just like with your silly, uh, you know, bash scripts or whatever, you realize that like, oh yeah, this has been total bullshit the whole time. Right. Like we don't really like and, and, and instead what, what it forces you to do is like do better. <laughs> right. Like to yeah, actually but, but, like like come up with something that's interesting and, and uh, that that is more more novel uh, for it. But then the, then there, the problem is like you do need original material. And that's where the like the main limitations and expertise and understanding yes. the domain. I mean, well, this is uh, so uh, my youngest is, is a. You know, he's a big sports fan. He likes all the sports, and but especially basketball. And so we were talking about, um, you know, how how uh, you know the classic argument of like how would you know modern players stack up against uh, you know historical players, oh, and um, you should have it right. That comes back, huh? You should have it right. That prompt that would be great. <laughs> well, it's been written to death, right? It, 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 it's, yeah, it's, that it's, wouldn't uh, be fair. Yeah, it's an eternal debate. But the point is. Um, a lot of the earlier players had much better fundamentals. And I feel like this sort of tool short circuits a lot of learning. And what you'll end up with is a lot of people. Yeah. And, and and I feel this way about, you know, so the co-pilot kind of things. It's like, you know, as I'm trying to learn something, you kind of have to stumble through it to understand 
when it's making these suggestions or else you're just blindly accepting it. And then when you right, get into right, a right. harder problem, you know, and, and you know, back in my day is, is, you know, the constant refrain, but I, I worry that we're going to like lose out on stuff. And so we'll get to this plateau of, you know, well, stuff's pretty good, but where are the breakthroughs? And yeah. You know, you know, I think I think it needs some like sci-fi people to come in. Like, remember, oh, the sci-fi we, people are all over it. Yeah. Well, well, we we haven't really brought this up in a while, but like, you got to throw some stuff that doesn't exist at it. Like, you know, what would the mating rituals of space carpets be? And and like see <laughs> and just see what it comes up with. And and but, like, but that, that's the, why because that... to, to your point, right? Like, if it would be cheating if you ask it to talk about like you know do the. 1930s sports people could they compete with like 2022 people because like you said it's just like yeah that's been written you can just do right but before we i think like these conversations always do follow the same track it's like this is going to be here no one's going to learn and then the next thing is skynet right and it's like well before we do all of that like what about like hey fill this pdf out for me right here's a form that i got that Mm. is sort of like like there's all these things i think and you were going over a bunch of them today it's like yeah write an email to the school requesting this time off write an email uh, to my uh, boss and team that I will not be here, right? Uh, create the out-of-office message. You know, like there's just like so many of the, like I guess you got me thinking about, you know, you've been talking a lot about developer toil, but like, I don't know. I just, I don't have another word for it. Knowledge worker toil? Where it's yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Like that's, all that's, these things that like, I, was trying to call I just it. have to like do, right? And it's like, man, it like I don't think anyone's like, like if I don't have to fill out another like medical history form or permission oh, yeah. slip, that would be I mean, request and it's like, Man, like, let's just like let's just get all that working. Like, oh, you know I, what I mean? like, I'm ready for it. I'm um, ready for it because so many you know, ideas just sit in your head, waiting to go to paper. Right, and I think like once you, and I think you hit on it, man. Right there, it's like once you know what you have to do, like actually doing the work all the time, especially when it becomes a, you know, using you know Cote or the definition, right? It's like once it becomes like a repeatable, like boring manual thing, like writing the actual email to ask for time off is like just like point you know whatever it's maybe it's five minutes maybe it's 10 minutes but you're just like you know it's stupid right you hate doing it so it's like like that's what i would that, that's what you like to do back to like you know the human beings like i have the idea now i want you to do this and the fact that you can do it faster and maybe you even write it a little bit better than i would personally or at least you'll you know use the right language like man that would be great to have all of those things and then it's like yeah for schools and stuff like that like everything it's like yes the kids and the, the students like you have to prevent them using the technology till they learn it all, right? And it's like I feel like whether it's the calculator, the computer, like we all fight this all the time now, right? Grammarly, like all of that. It's like you have to just go in there and be like, you know, especially my son is like, okay, we are using a pencil and a piece of paper, right? A piece of paper, and it's like, why? It's like, well, because you haven't, you're not there yet. When you're there yet, you can use the cheat codes. But like, um, yeah. I don't think that will ever change. Like, I think that will always be a form yeah. of education and parenting. Yeah, you know, I th- I think I think now, you know, we've 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 workshopped this idea that like, I mean, among many things, that like, if there's any situation where you sat down with your boss in a conference room and they went up to a whiteboard and drew a bunch of stuff, and then asked you to send them the slides, that's what this is really good at. <laughs> like, the, the, it, so, it could it could so do that. And, yeah. And and then as I'm remembering another example, right? And and again, using it as a tool, like if you demagicify it. If you like give it your basic idea for something, 
Like I did that, for example, I was simulating like, what if I had to write one of those 360 performance reviews for someone? Now, now I'm thinking I'm going to hit those things up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I'll, 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 maybe I'll find this for the show. Well, notes, I'll go one step further. I, I wrote and, and one in there and, it, and you said it this way, Brandon, like I had the basic ideas, but it like wrote it correctly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, like it, it put all that effort in of just like writing it. Uh, what if you just way. got to the point, like, I just want to call it like clipboard automation. It's like anytime a human being hands a clipboard with a piece of paper on it or that metaphor or the the whole idea of like i'm emailing you the form anytime that interaction happens like there should be something in between right like gpt like fill this thing out for me right like do it and then maybe it just throws it up and like it highlights the things it didn't know or you just give it a once over and it's like man like you just think about all like tsa applications college applications you know I mean, the list just goes on and on and on, right? It's just like, do not have the human being sit there and manually go through and provide all of this redundant information, you know, over and over again. Like, solve that problem and, like, that, I think, is really interesting, right? So I discovered there's, like, a developer view of this called, like, the playground or something. And there's a whole API you can use. And this is where you can actually pay for usage. Like, I'm I'm $9 into... no, not even $9. I have like $18. I think they give that to everyone for free. So we'll see what happens. But like, I think once you can feed your own, did I use this word correctly, corpus into it, like then what would, and, and this would be very difficult because it involves the IRS, but like, then it would be interesting to see if you could have it, have it file your taxes for you. Like, and, and you could have like the easy, simple taxes. Like all I got was a wage and I have no family or kids and just be like, Here's my name and like my W-2 and just be like, to your point, Brandon, fill this out. And then you could do one level more where it's like, I have a 401k and an index fund. And then another level of like, I bought a house and then five kids, right? And like, you could keep ratcheting up like, if I, if I, it's because basically like, that's what you do with an accountant is- You actually yeah, have that's to like, do there a are shit things ton like robo advisors today. Right? Oh, yeah. They'll kind I, of do I, stuff like that. But, like, and I think maybe, you know, it, to maybe tie this back to our original thing is like, I just, maybe here's a good example of what we're talking about before. It's like, okay, went to HEB, had to get a flu shot. They hand me a clipboard. I have to fill that information out. What you really want is like, okay, send me this link or whatever. I'll give it to like my chat GPT or be like, have it fill it out. They send it back to the HEB, right? That fires an event inside HEB, right? Like, okay. Get all the stuff ready. Brandon's going to get it. Administer oh, the vaccine. Good. That fires an event. It goes back to my insurance. They get the the billing. They up my, update my vaccine record, right? You know, like that's how you want it all to be working, right? All of this mm-hmm. manual stuff behind the scenes just works. But like, what is it? What, and this is back to like, kind of like, will we ever get there? Because like what happens today is like, I have to write it down. I probably write and, some, and, and, my and handwriting's bad. It goes yeah. into the piece of paper. They have to then manually enter it. And then, it, the billing does get to my insurance, but then it doesn't ever really update the medical record or that takes much, much longer or it never, almost never happens. Right. And it's like, and you're just like, wow, all of this could be so much better. So, so this is why like a few years back, Amazon looked at healthcare and was like, oh, we could fix that. Just like every software developer anywhere. <laughs> they no, look at something I, I and they're this, like, but that's why I'm like, when I look at this, yeah, so when I just, yeah, but when I just look at this, I'm like, Hey, like, 
Like that's because like, I'm just interested in like where to apply it. Like, hey, you oh, know yeah. what would be great? Just fill out PDS for me. Like that would be great. Like I would want something to be like, yep. Like that would just be a great starting point or some. And maybe I'm sure there's a million other ideas, but like somebody to just grab it on and be like, no, no, do something. Like you said before, maybe it's the permission slip thing, Kote. It's like find some problem that really can be attacked by it that can really be automated. That'll be awesome. That would and like if someone can figure that out, it'd be great. And I think it will be exciting now that so many people have access to it. Like somewhere someone's going to figure something interesting out and hopefully it'll really save us all a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think as far as nefarious usages, I mean, I, I don't oh, know yeah. if nefarious, but like, I mean, there's so many like, like, uh, you know, I, 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 I hate to call them out because it's not them, but like, you know, we, we all read the, uh, the paid for columns at like the new stack. And I feel like, man, you could do a lot of those. Like you, you could just, and, and, it, and again, you'd have to go in and polish it, but like, it's, uh, anyways, I'm repeating myself now, but maybe maybe what it could do is do uh, cross organizational meeting scheduling. <laughs> it's probably and it would be great if it had access to like all your stuff, because then it's not because the problem with like automating meeting scheduling is you need that final human check to be like, I don't want to do that. And so, yeah. like, maybe what it could do is if it actually does read all of your email and like your your family's email it can like kind of start to learn that like, no, he doesn't want it. Not only does he not want to be in this meeting, but what also it would do for you is it would accept the meeting. And then like an hour before send a cancellation saying that like, you know, your kid's sick or something to, so that you could like get out of it. But it could, uh, you know, maybe, a lot of this saying, like maybe the, the dream then like made the place to start here is just like, okay, have it integrated with your preferred email client, whatever. And it's just sort of like every time you open an email up, it's like you open the email, you read the email, and it just says suggested response. And it's already there for you, right? Yeah. And it's like, and it's like that's what because like I think to the idea like coordinating stuff seems like too much, but just solve, like, if you will, problems unique to the individual. Like we all have email, all email requires some type of response, even if it's no response, like fine, start there. Get all of that working. That would be you know, to me, that would be per- same thing with Slack. Like, here's my suggested response, right? Or I, I, I was also thinking this time of year, people don't do this so much anymore, but you could have it write that holiday letter that you send to everyone. Oh. That, that, that would be enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it'd be enjoyable, but it'd be, it'd be fun to test out. Well, uh, maybe uh, next week we can have it write a whole episode. Uh, and uh, and <laughs> go. I, I, w- I was thinking that would be fun to like have a, a show opener, uh, you know, written by it and, and see what see what that looks like. We'll, we'll see what happens. But it's fun stuff. People should go test it out. And like to to uh, to a lot of what we're talking about here, you got to figure out how to apply the site reliability engineering idea of toil, manual repetitive tasks that can be automated that have no like business value. And I think if I think they have though, no that's, business value. Why are you doing them? Well, they they, they <laughs> have they have business value in the same sense that like you know something that you automate like for I, I said it wrong. I forget what the exact thing is, no, but it's I like know. you know you've got to find those things that have to happen that like are you could just automate, and uh, we should we should start writing those down and see Oof. if we can automate. Them. I feel and like then, we're just gonna have this tab open all the time, and then maybe. Maybe the the optimistic result is that collectively we'll all, we'll all be like, why was I doing that in the first place? That seems kind of annoying. Like that. That uh, or we'll get no reason. Yeah. Or there'll be massive layoffs of they get rid of middlemen. Well, as then... long as as long as this is still free, people could just start writing articles. You know, right, right. articles. Do some YouTube videos. Uh, that should be fun. 
Well, it's just are we are we going to get get a utopian Wally or not? Yeah, that's that's a good. I don't I didn't really understand why they wanted to go back to Earth and Wally. Things things seem fine I don't then. Yeah, I've watched that movie a lot now, more more than I care to. Well, uh, do we have any bureaucracy this episode, Brandon? Uh, not a ton. I think just a couple things here. One, um, if you have any uh, end of year questions, so every at least once a year, we'll answer questions anytime. But like certainly, we'll have a end of year episode. So always good to get some questions from the listeners. Uh, if you're in the Slack, there's a whole channel. Just post your questions in the Slack, or you can just send me an email with at uh, questions at softwaredefinedtalk.com, and uh, we'll definitely get those into the queue to be answered in this uh, coming episode. Also, a uh, recommendation this week from Tim. Uh, he says you should check out the uh, Stratechery interview with Ben Thompson on the Acquired podcast. So if you want to hear uh, the story of Stratechery and Ben and get the full Acquired treatment, uh, Tim recommends that. I actually listened to it too, so I thought it was good. So uh, check it out if you're looking for something to listen to. Well, there's, there's uh, as always, conferences. Uh, Matt Ray is going to go and do some scouting uh, this Christmas uh, while well, he's in Austin, and, and uh, maybe I will as well. There's there's that conference happening. Uh, uh, it's going to be January fifteenth and eighteenth. I think at the the is it the the Calamari? I always say it wrong, but, but it's some Kalahari. That's right. Uh, and uh, you can if you use the code SDT, you can get five percent off of it. Now it seems like a great conference, very very casual, down to earth. Uh, lots of programming, uh, uh, other IT operations related stuff. It's a good one to look at. There's also the uh, the State of OpenCon in London, February seventh to eighth. I should maybe I should go to that. I bet their CFP is closed. That's too bad. We are. And we are an official media sponsor, Cote. So there you go. Really? I can hook you up with some people. Maybe maybe oh, they can get you in. Send that over there. I'll check it out. And right. then there's Cloud Native Security Con. A very long name for a conference name, but that's okay. They were like, it's not long enough because this is North America. And that's going to be Seattle, uh, February 1st and uh, 2nd. And then DevOps Days, Birmingham, Alabama, April 20th and 21st. Now, also, uh, in, in the third week of January, I should know the date, but in January, we're having our Spring One Conference. It's, it's all online now, so you can attend it for free. There's a huge amount of people who are going to come to it, uh, which will be nice. You should come check it out. It's going to be basically uh, three half-day like, like sessions and there'll be some some good uh, keynoting, lots of stuff about Spring, as you can imagine, and all the Tanzu things. But if you go to springio.com or just spring.io, spring1.io, just search for spring1, spring1.io. And uh, read the email. Yeah. I yeah, I, I would I would have a discount code, but it's free, so I don't have one. You get 100% Kote's discount. Kote's going to pay you to go. Yeah, no, 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 that's not true, but <laughs> but you should check that out if you go to springone.io. Uh, now, with that, Matt Ray, what do you have to recommend this week? Um, well, I, 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 I don't know if it was the original article I read about Sriracha, but I threw that into the, the show notes. Um, uh, my, my pick this week is uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Zay Frank's, um, Zay, Z? Um, Zay Frank's... Uh, True Facts uh, series on YouTube and, uh, you know, sponsored on Patreon or whatever. But um, the most recent episode on tarantulas, I, I enjoyed very much. So um, always a little disjointed. It mixes uh, education and humor, uh, not for kids, but uh, I loved it. You know, I th- that's he's come up several times before, and I've never gone back and looked at him. I loved his little tiny. I, I, tiny I like videos. how he's made kind of just a meandering tour of Internet you know, fame. He's, he's like, <laughs> he's, he's, own, like his own, uh, 
his own chatbot thing, except funny. Maybe that's what you know. What you can do with it is you can say to do it in the style of someone. Maybe we can do Ooh. it in the style of, of Zay Frank and, uh, that's and hard. see how that works. Yeah. How about you, Brandon? What do you have to recommend? Uh, two, I guess, fairly simple things. Uh, I got this like extra large mouse pad. I don't know. It's almost like a desk pad a while back. And uh, yeah. I like it. I really like it. So uh, this is just an Amazon basic black one. So I put the link in there. And I guess depending on how big your desk is and how big you want your mouse pad, there's a bunch of uh, sizes. But I like it. I like, really like having my keyboard and my uh, trackpad and my mouse all on the same thing. It's just like gives me a nice soothing uh, got something uh, feeling. Exactly like that. Yeah. And uh, also, too, I guess it's like if you're I'm sure like everyone's on a bunch of calls. It also gives you a little nice sound dampering too. Like if you're on your calls mm-hmm. and like getting a little echo. So check that out. And also um, I, uh, when I listened to the keynote, this uh, Werner's keynote, um, you know, I have a hard time just sitting at the computer for like, I don't know, like the full hour, you know, especially if there isn't like a lot happening um, and watching it. So what I did this time was I actually just, uh, uh, I got a new iPhone the other day, so I got the 5G on it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna give this a shot. So I just like literally had it going on my my iPhone, and I just took a walk. I just walked around for about an hour, about the length of the keynote outside. And I was like, this is the way to do this. Like, obviously, mm, it's yeah. a little bit you can't see the slides, but it wasn't that important. I think a lot of the slides. So I was like, yeah, you know, um, you know, like much like I like podcasts and stuff like that, and like doing the dishes, taking a walk, whatever. Like some way to occupy the occupy the body while you're doing a keynote. So I was like, yeah, I think in the future there's a keynote i may just do the same thing load it up on the iphone and just like in this case walk around the neighborhood i'm sure you could walk around do be at the gym or something like that but i like to be outside it makes it a little bit more exciting so uh so i don't know i don't know that comes back to always one of those things like was i working was i exercising was like what exactly was i doing at that point but i, I found it very satisfying so well you try you'll have to i i think about this a lot and, and maybe I'll, I'll keep trying this you've got to give me some coaching brandon and maybe also some theory is like i often want to do that but i think like oh but i'm going to want to take notes and really pay attention but i think there's another way of looking at it is like well it volume might be more important like rather than paying close attention to everything it might be more important to just like hear more of this stuff yeah because because then because to to the point of our you know basically you could ask the chat thing to write it for you because it's all the same stuff over and over again so it's just the repetition and hearing you're 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 just like the chat bot you just yeah to go down uh, and spit out some you know yeah but to go down the keynote rat hole i guess the two ways i like to watch the keynotes now are like one i mean i don't know if this again like i don't even know if this is good but like whenever especially the aws keynotes like there's usually a pretty, we mentioned it last week, there's a pretty vibrant thread going in Software Defined yeah. Talk Slack, which I found keeps me engaged because I'm kind of listening and then people are commenting on things they thought were interesting. So it kind of like keeps me really in tune. Whereas like when, if I don't like have something like going, it's like I just start to zone out, especially if it's a keynote where they're just doing a lot of like talking. Yeah. And that's why I was like, oh, when I was walking, because I was sort of like, you know, it keeps your body just awake, right? I was just, I found myself listening more. So um I don't know. I know in theory, right? Like when you, especially when you watch the keynotes, there's these people just sitting in the chair, just sitting there watching. And I'm like, I, for key, like a movie, of course, is different. Like it's kind of exciting. But like whenever I'm even just sitting in a conference room watching a keynote, I find it like hard to pay attention. So I don't know. These are just tricks I find to like yeah. keep it more engaging. But like I feel like some professional educator would be like, just what you said, Cote. It's like, you should be watching diligently and taking notes. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. So these are maybe the next best things. Exactly. It'd, it'd be better than nothing. Well, my that's recommend- why I'm back in my hotel room. 
<laughs> exactly. My my recommendation. I was I was taking screenshots of all this this chat AI stuff, and uh, you know some of them get kind of long, so I had to uh, you know do a scrolling screenshot thing. And uh, the, what I use for that is this this uh, this. Of course, it's on on the Mac or whatever you call these things. And uh, it's this program called CleanShot X. Now, there's all sorts of screenshot uh, capture things, but this one is the one that I use and recommend. And it has all more than just like, obviously, it'll do your whole screen. It'll let you select things, but it also will let you select an area as I was using and then scroll it and capture that. So, you know, you can like capture a whole web page. And then it also does all sorts of things like uh, naming schemes for saving your stuff. It'll let you do rudimentary editing. And it Not does a screenshot uh, timestamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it'll it'll do like vid, uh, you know some rudimentary video editing. It's a good it's a good little uh, screenshot thing if you uh, take a lot of screenshots. And here's to invoke him again. Here's a tip that I overheard on on a podcast from Merlin Mann is you should you should encode your file names for your screenshots with the the name of the computer you took it on, and then you can kind of like disambiguate where where it came from. Because mm. I I make a directory in iCloud just called screenshots and i have all my computers dump screenshots into there so mm. i just always have access to them now what i really need is some ai to go in there and delete the screenshots i don't need anymore that that would <laughs> that would be handy but who knows well uh you know when you're cleaning out your screenshot directory washing the dishes hanging out at the gym taking the dog on a walk that you know you reflect and you think like there's all these other people in the family I dislike the dog the most. I would be happy if it went away. Why am I the one walking it all the time? If you don't want to think those thoughts and and listen to those, what did you call them, Brandon? Those uh, those voices in your head. Oh, the chatter, right? The internal yeah, dialogue, the, yeah, the chatter. The, huh? uh, I learned that phrase, "living rent free in your head." You know, those people living rent free in your head. You could you could be listening to the back episodes of this podcast, which you could find at softwaredefinedtalk.com. dot uh, com. You should go listen to all of them. Just start at the first one. And just keep going. Uh, and I, I recommend listening to them on 1x or 0.8 speed. Uh, definitely don't wow. speed them up. Wow. I mean, how else are you going to get to 400 hours if you, yeah. unless you go a little slower? Because this yeah. is episode 390. Just, uh, you know, don't, don't listen to the chatter in your head. Listen to us chattering in your head. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, I have too many subscriptions on YouTube. I feel like we should tell everyone, man, they just missed another dynamic episode of Software Defined Talk Scheduling. Did I use gaslighting correctly? I feel like that's, I struggle with that word, but I think that, I think that was some gaslighting, as the kids say. Is that the, the word of the year last year and this year it's goblin mode? I'm still trying uh, to figure out if this Mastodon thing is for me. Is that, is that going to work? I have a feeling that I, I, don't, I don't fit into that community. It's fine. All right, listen, I have a little after show thing here. Let me try this out. I, I, asked, I asked the chat AI thing, can you tell me about the mating rituals of space carpets? And uh, its its answer was very unsatisfying. It says, space carpets are an imaginary species, so there is no definitive answer about their mating rituals. However, it is likely that they would mate in a similar fashion to other carpets, such as those found in terrestrial habitats. Such carpets would likely engage in courtship behavior such as chasing and rubbing against each other. When the female is ready to lay eggs, the male would release sperm to fertilize them. The eggs would then be laid in a protected area to hatch. So, not very imaginative. 